Okay, this is going to be fun. I am experimenting with Anchor and trying to bring in my friend Steve Elo on this recording. <clears throat> so this will be interesting because he's driving home from work. He has some great stories and he is an amazing guitar player and I'm sure he's got some great bands to pick from. So it'll be interesting to see who he asks for as far as music is concerned. So in the meantime, I'm going to see if I can find a great song to play for you guys while we're waiting for him to download the app. All right, enjoy. Hello. Oh, there you are. Yeah. Sweet. That's what so, we needed to do. Yeah. Awesome. We have overcome the technical technological challenge of figuring out how this worked. <laughs> so, so the other person shouldn't have it going when they're being called. Oh, really? So the, the app yeah. has to be turned off. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, we're recording, so we may as well get this show on the road. And so I, right. I guess I am on the road. I think, as a matter of fact, you are on the road, aren't you? That's right. So you're coming from work, and your work is where? My work is in Huntington Park at Boutique Amps Distribution, where I am currently the Western Sales Manager. Yay! We Yay. love Boutique Amps. Yeah. And tell us why we love Boutique Amps. And I've seen it firsthand, so I can attest to that everything he's about to say is absolutely true. Go ahead. They are, well, boutique amps are hand-wired modified versions of your favorite amplifiers. That's how they, there's lots of companies that do them. Mesa Boogie is, is even considered still a boutique line, so it's matchless. But under our roof, we have Friedman, Morgan, Tone King, Synergy, uh, Diesel, Wampler, uh, Bogner pedals, uh, all kinds of all kinds of great amp makers. Bruce Egnator is part of the team, and um, in in just to to give what I normally say about like let's say Dave Friedman. Dave, there's more Friedmans on on stages than there are Marshalls anymore, and uh, that's because nobody makes a a better Marshall than than Dave Friedman. I mean, he used to, he became famous modding marshals for, um, you know, Eddie Van Halen would bring him his rack stuff and his, his marshals for Dave Friedman to modify to make them sound better. And he did such a great job that people said, you should just open your own company. So that being said, um, that's what Dave has become famous for, for kind of that Marshall voicing. Um, Joe Morgan, in my opinion, did the same for Fender and Vox voicings what you always wanted your fender to sound like, but it never would. All the, all the great tone without any of the flubbiness or clunkiness or clanginess or, you know, all the things that a production amplifier tends to wind up with boutique amp makers. And that's why they cost more money are more meticulously detailed than that. Um, so that is all about boutique amps. That in is a sense. awesome. Only because it just makes me really appreciate the fact that I know you at all. <laughs> 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 and, and not only do you work at this amazing place right uh but mm -hmm. you also are an incredible singer songwriter a musician uh instrumentalist because i know guitar is your is your passion but I, i'm pretty sure you play other yeah. instruments too right uh well i play a little bass but that's about it i i really have focused my life on guitar i'd love to be able to play some other instruments like you do but uh, currently i don't huh I thought you played piano too. I don't. 
I don't. I should, but I don't. Now, see, a lot of folks listening to this first, this is my first podcast, by the way, for everybody listening. So I want to say thank you to Steve for being on it. He's my guinea pig. And so I appreciate the fact that he took the leap of faith with me. Uh, but we also work together in an amazing group called Deja Vu, uh, which is a celebration of the music of uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. And he is the Stephen Stills lead character. And I have to say, those are some big shoes to fill. So, and you do an amazing job, by the way. Oh, thanks, man. That's, it's a lot of fun to do. And so fun playing with you, Mr. Tom Sweeney. Oh, and, and now the, the, the Neil Young in the band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People are like, okay, I'm getting a, a toothache from this, so we have to stop. So really, right, right. but this this show is supposed to be about me calling up all of these friends that I have who are so amazing and have these incredible experiences, not only just in life, but in their industries that they work in, but especially in entertainment and music and film and all these different things, because I live in one of the greatest cities in the world, which is Los Angeles, and have never really taken advantage of it as much as I should because there's just infinite amount of stuff to do in Los Angeles and opportunity and all kinds of different innovations and stuff that happen every day. I've always wanted to be a part of that. And so when um, Anchor was presented to me by my wife, I thought, oh, you know, this might be kind of fun. So I roped you, Stephen, into uh, mm -hmm. being part of this to get it started. And the idea of the episode is that I call up my friends and, I, and we talk about music, music influences, and bands maybe that don't ever get enough recognition, don't get any recognition, or maybe haven't been recognized in a while. Any one of those. The only caveat is I have to be able to find them on Spotify. <laughs> yeah. So if I can't find it on Spotify, then I apologize, but at least you'll have the name and the song out there for people to look up on the internet later. If I can find it on Spotify, then I'm going to include it in the episode so that folks can listen to the song. So the first awesome. first question for this series goes to you, Steve Elo. What what is your favorite song? One song that you could that you would say, okay, that's like my all time favorite song. Boy, um, I have two answers to this. One for uh, one of my all time favorite songs has always been a song for you, uh, the not Leon Russell version, although that's great too but the Donny Hathaway version and um, but Leon Russell wrote it. And then my second answer to it is I'm uh, cause you're talking about artists that we might, you know, people aren't aware of and, and don't get to hear. One of my favorite um, genres is what I would call uh, intelligent blues. Um, in other words, guys that are, may as well be jazzers or were jazzers, but have focused on the blues. And um, it's just very melodic and very intelligent in the way that um, the music is portrayed and the theory behind what it is they're playing. It's not just your standard pentatonic blues. So um, I would say, you know, these are more like artists that you should know, like Chris Kane, um, C-H-R-I, S uh, Kane C A I N E or Robin Ford R O B B E N Ford. Um, those are two guys, uh, or the Delgado brothers. All of those are great blues artists, and just about anything they do would just knock your socks off. So, or at least they knocks my socks. 
off. So there you go. How do you like that for an answer? I love those answers. Actually, I'm a big fan of Robin Ford, too. It's amazing what he does with uh, something that sounds so simple as the blues and just makes it this beautiful melody, melodic thing, you know? It's just so intelligent how he utilizes the scale. Now, just for the sake of uh, folks who are listening, understanding the format of it, at this point, what I'll have to do is I'll go back and I'll put the songs that, that I can find that Steve, mm-hmm. you're mentioning at the end of the episode so that people can listen to them if they want to and find them. Uh, if I'm not cool. able to find them on Spotify, I apologize in advance, uh, but at least now you have the podcast as kind of a, a recording you can listen back to and go, okay, who am I searching for now on Google? So, yeah. um, so now something else folks should understand about you in particular is you have a, a significant amount of experience in writing music professionally, don't you? Mm-hmm. I do. So tell me a little I've bit. Written for, yeah, go well, ahead. I've written for uh, movies. I've uh, written for commercials. I've written, I had a couple of record deals on my own. And um, I was in a group that did all original music that was chased around by five different record companies and never really got anywhere. But yeah, I've, I've written written a bit over my lifetime. Which um, I've yet matter, to hear still. Oh, well, yeah, no, I... And some of it was as a commercial writer, like I say, stuff in movies. Um, I had a song in the movie Breakin'. Um, I had uh, a song in the movie The Best Democracy Money Can Buy. Um, and then I, I, um, oh, what else was I thinking? Oh, I wrote a piece early before the Disney Channel was on cable. I wrote their sales piece for them to sell it to the cables companies. And they took the last three seconds of it and made it their station ID for six years. So every 10 minutes, my voice was on the Disney channel. Um, so <laughs> really? I've, I've done a you know, yeah, yeah. A fair amount of, a, a fair amount of things. But you really uh, get around, yeah. don't you? Yeah. 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 Can't hold a job. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We're musicians. We go where the money is, right? That's right. So, so let me ask you this, okay, of the bands that are out now, newer groups, right? What's your, your top favorite new group that's out? Well, I don't know if I'd call them new. I'm a big Foo Fighters fan and I know that's anything but new, but, um, when you're my age, it seems like it's new. (laughs) Uh, uh, I was a big Incubus fan. Again, they're not new anymore. Um, Let's see, who's new that I like? Uh, I've actually been listening to a lot of country stars lately, or country guitar players anyway, because that seems to be where all the good lead guitar players went, because in current pop music, you don't hear any solos. Boy, isn't that the truth? Um, so I've, uh, I've had the fortunate um, opportunity to be able to meet players like Brent Mason um, and, uh, oh gosh, um, uh Sean Tubbs, um, some great country players. And then Brad, Brad Paisley works with uh, Brian Wampler, the guy I work with. And so, you know, we're, we're constantly in and around these just amazing country players. So that's been an interest of mine lately. Um, that's about, I can't really, I, I have to admit, anybody brand new, I'm not really kind of blanking on. Are you familiar with uh, nothing, but, uh, nothing But Thieves? 
I've I've heard of them also. Uh, Animals as leaders, which I know is a is a bizarre band. Yeah, um, yeah. Or like Imagine Dragons, although they're not real new right uh, now. Right. They've been out for a yeah. while. Do you like so? Do you like that style as well? Sure. So is, it's hard to find stuff I don't like. Really. Okay. Well, that makes it a little harder. <laughs> yeah. Well, as long as it's done from the heart, I don't care what it is. It, it's when it becomes Muzak, you know, uh, music that's just um, formulated and and kind of puked out, if you will. <laughs> you know, like for the for the specific purpose of making a dollar. I'm not interested in that at all. Yeah, you know, I f- but, uh, I find myself really craving more authentic rock. Uh-huh. I, I turn on, you know, K rock here in LA, and it and it's a lot of keyboard, a lot of synth, a lot of you know vocalized effects and things like that. And they're great songs. Don't get me wrong. There's some, some amazing stuff out there, but I'm just really missing the intensity of harder rock, or even metal for that matter. And maybe it's just me, but I know that, and I probably, I don't know if I discussed this with you before, but I have a theory about, you know, the, the fashion cycles of music and such. And we've been mm-hmm. in the roots cycle for quite a while. And it almost reminds me, and maybe you feel this too, or, or you remember this anyway. It reminds me of when in the 80s, there was the big swing back towards the 50s, while at the same time, all right. the alternative music was going using keyboards like missing persons yeah. and talking heads and all those weird sounds and weird words and, you know, different interesting yeah. keyboard stuff. So we have this almost the exact same kind of bipolar music scene right now where it's either acoustic and vocal, almost folky, you know, and, and bluegrassy and they're calling it rock or it's got a whole bunch of keyboards and effects in it. And it sounds kind of, you know, more aggressive and it's, got a rock edge to the feeling of it and so they call it rock too but then you also have all of this pop stuff that just is so overdone overproduced and tons of keyboard and even more interestingly the effects sound exactly like the 80s <laughs> all yeah. over again. and the reason yeah. i think that's interesting is because as a writer and maybe you maybe you feel this way too and i'm gonna let you answer here in a minute i promise <laughs> yeah. that the next push will be some kind of hard rock because it was in that ecosystem that grunge came about. They called it alternative yep. at first, but it really morphed into grunge. And then grunge yep. just took over the world with Nirvana and Soundgarden and Bush and all those guys, right? From out of Seattle and yep. out of Britain. Yep. So I'm curious oh, yeah. what you think about that as a cycle as far as what's going on right now. I'm not sure that and, and I think I would I would agree with you in terms of maybe that's that's something that can happen but I wonder if it'll be I think it might be too soon for a grunge-esque uh resurgence I I think it might be more harder rock a la you know deep purple zeppelin almost you know I don't know I don't know where it's going to go but I noticed, well, like, in, you know, I give lessons and I noticed in the guitar students, they go back to this old, you know, they want to learn Led Zeppelin and they want to learn cream solos and they want to learn deep purple solos. And, they want, you know, it's like it's really kind of interesting, young kids going back to that style. So maybe that's going to come back for a while. I don't I don't know. 
Well, it'll be definitely interesting to see. So uh, we're going to have to discuss that again on another episode with Mr. Steve below here on the show. And so, Steve, I'm going to end at about 15, around 15 minutes each episode. And so I, I'll okay. probably be doing this with you again another time when you're probably driving again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> probably. And I'll let you know how it turns out, and I'll send you a link, Perfect. too, so you can listen to it. And I'll see if I can find as many of the artists that you mentioned and songs that you mentioned as possible uh, and add them on. So, awesome. Steve, hey, I really appreciate it, man. Great. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great night. Bye. You too. Bye. Hey, I just want to say thanks to everybody for tuning in for my first episode ever of Ask a Friend. I want to say thank you, a huge shout out of thanks to Steve Elo, my very dear friend, talented musician, amazing human being for uh, being on the show and uh, being so damn interesting and so damn talented. It was a real honor to have him on my first show uh, and for him especially, thanks for uh, mentioning such great artists and interesting songs. Also, I un understand on Anchor that you guys who are listening can actually shoot me messages too, voice messages. You can uh, send me emails and things like that. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on music, where it's going, artists that you love that you haven't heard of in a long time or heard of for some time, or even people you've just discovered. I love everything that has to do with music, and I'd love to make more people aware of it. So uh, shoot me a message and let me know what you'd like to talk about and I'll try to make that happen on the next episode. All right, everybody, rock on.